All right. Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit podcast hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sunny D. I want to thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit podcast. Today we are joined by the one and only Sarah Nick. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I wish I had an intro like that. That is insane. (laughs) You know what? That was actually... That was the hardest part of starting the podcast. I was coming up with the intro. Was coming up with the intro. Was I was like, you know, nobody really has a great intro, but in 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 talking, the people that are always remembered are the people that have some kind of catchphrase or something. I'm like, you can't, you know, steal like the rocks. Do you smell what you know anything like that? So I was like, all right. So how would I describe myself if somebody was to kind of give a synopsis of me? This is it. So I love it. That is so great. That's brilliant. I'm gonna come up with one of my own after this. (laughs) (laughs) As long as you know, as long as it's like exactly like word for word, right? The people like, huh? I think I've heard this somewhere. Or knowing that you're more famous than I am, so people think I've stolen it from you. So that's that's the danger. All right. So how are you doing? I'm doing good. I have been so busy. Yeah. See, it's funny because I'm sleeping in now a lot more, but the problem is, is my plate has been 10 times more loaded up. So I'm just always on the go. Like it took so long for us to do a podcast together. I'm happy that we finally made some time though. Mm-hmm. I appreciate <laughs> it. I do. Thank you so much. I mean, it was, it, it was one of those things too, like where I, I kind of narrowed it down. Like it had some people, I'm like, okay, who do I want to bring on? Then mm-hmm. I was like, all right, you know what? And then you'd post on Instagram. I'm like, fuck it. All right. I'm reaching out right away. <laughs> I think, I think it might've like, you might've just made the post and I reached out like right away. I was like, fuck, will you do my show? Like, so. Oh my goodness. That post, the thank you video, the, the iconic video that went viral. Yeah. There was a lot of messages to get through. So I'm happy that we got to connect. <laughs> yeah. So when you posted that video, I got to be honest. I didn't know what was going on. So I hadn't heard anything. I didn't know, like I kind of felt out of the loop a little bit. I don't watch the news. I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm one of those people, I don't watch the news. Um, I think especially with what's happened in 2020, I, I feel very disappointed um, yeah. with our news broadcast. We're, we're a little bit better in Canada, but a lot of what you see during the day is just, it's poison. It's poison for the mind but I was unaware of anything. So all of a sudden you're like, people, you may have heard, you may have heard. I'm like, I didn't hear anything, but what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it was wild. So basically long story short, lots of people have kind of heard it now through different uh, podcasts and like news articles and whatever else. But uh, I was let go from the morning show at Energy 106. It happened very, very quick. Now the thing with getting like, okay, cool. Sorry, I'll restart. No worries. Okay. This is the great part about 2020, right? right? Okay. So anyways, okay. So long story short, what happened with Energy 106 was that I was let go. Um, it was very quick, but yeah. I didn't really want anyone to know that I got fired because that's not the person I am. I'm not someone who likes sympathy. I don't want the woe is me, right? Like I, that's not my personality at all. So what I kind of had planned was just to tell people as they either DM'd me once they heard the new morning show or if they saw something to kind of like reach out. I wanted to do it that way, like very like organically. Yeah. But then um, my old program director actually sent out a press release the day it happened. And that is when the news outlets got uh, the entire oh, press release. Oh yeah. my God. I that know. Is bad. 
it was, it was, yeah, it was a little yikes. Um, so then all these news articles, like people that don't even know me or only saw the press release. So it's very one-sided started writing these things being like, okay, Sarah got canned this morning shows coming in, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, this sucks because what, like, first off, I didn't even get to have my spiel of what happened. And second, my listeners are going to now be pissed because they're just finding this out through all these random people. And I never actually did something formal to tell them that, hey, Mm -hmm. I'm no longer with Energy 106. So that day that I got let go and the press release came out, I ended up getting hammered drunk. Like I was just like, you know what? I just need to have some beers and hang out with my girlfriend. So we did that. And then um, I ended up like staying at her house. And the next morning we were like having breakfast. I'm like, how am I going to address this? Because there's like, 700 messages all of these mm-hmm. people like twitter threads like crazy going on yeah um so we kind of talked about it and i said you know what like one thing i always did on the morning show was make a morning video so why don't i do a really raw first take video just kind of thanking everyone and like the listeners and the support and like not to like blame tyler for anything because i had messages being like well, why would tyler do this to you and i'm like yeah dude tyler and i are best friends and he didn't even know what the fuck was yeah. going on until the day of right right so then I posted the video. It was the first take. It's like two minutes long. Um, and then that ended up going viral. But that video was very raw, Sarah. Like, you know, I don't put on a show or anything like that, but I don't like showing emotion. That's not right. really my jam. So to kind of go out of that comfort zone, I think people really did realize at that moment, okay, first off, she lost her job second she's a real raw person and third you know like she was passionate about this position and the city in general so i think that put a lot of perspective into different people because a lot of people are like okay she's on the radio you know it's a big show but like Mm -hmm. things like that when like real life happens it it hits you hard and so that was a very emotional that was definitely out of my comfort zone um but it went viral um, and I didn't do it to go viral or, or else I would have like put some makeup on or looked better maybe. But um, yeah, it ended up going viral. And like, that's kind of how I dropped the news that, Hey, I'm no longer with the morning show. Right. Well, I think, I think the thing that I appreciated and I can't speak for everybody, but I think the nice thing about it was, as you said, is how raw it was. It wasn't something where it was planned. It was contrived. There was, you know, you had rehearsed it. You had figured out how do I make this look, you know, to represent me the best way as possible. You came across as just like, Hey, some shit's happened. It's unfortunate. Um, I don't feel good about it. Nobody does, Mm -hmm. you know, unless somebody goes out and says, Hey, today's the day I'm going to get myself fired. Uh, Right. (laughs) And, And there are people out there. There are people out there. I mean, when we were teenagers, I mean, but uh, you know, you always think, how far can I push the boss? But um, in your case, especially when you kind of reach, you know, those grown-up professional jobs, nobody expects to get fired. Nobody wants to get fired. And I think we all think about it. We all have known someone to get fired. But once it happens to you, all of a sudden, there's this wave of uncertainty. This like, oh, shit. Like, this is real. I'm now on the outside. Yeah. And like, that's the thing is, Uh, you know, I, and I said, I mentioned in the video, like this is showbiz. And I know many of my friends, my coworkers that have been laid off or have lost their job, have been fired. There's been a shuffle or restructuring of the lineup. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and and we've talked to like Tyler and I talked about it and we're like, wow, that really sucks. But until it actually happens to you, 
you're ju- you just don't get it. Like no. I am a totally different person and a different, and I have a totally different perspective on losing your job than I did like two months ago, because when it happens, it's like, what am I going to do? You know, especially in media, this is not to shy away from other people's careers or anything, but yeah. media is very competitive and I up and moved my life here. And then to have it taken away is kind of like, well, where am I going to go now? COVID happened. There's barely any media jobs. Right. Yep. So that was, it was more of the uncertainty than even like heartbreak. Cause now it's like, well, here's the deal. Like this is a really, really small industry. And I just got booted out the door for a reason that I still don't really understand. So, mm-hmm. um, I think, yeah. And I, and I referred it previously as a breakup. It's like when you go through a breakup and like, you're, you're all happy, you're all good. And then all of a sudden one partner's like, yeah, you know what? Let's just, let's just end this right now. And it's yeah. like, why? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, no, that's a, I think that's the big thing too. And I mean, in Winnipeg, it's a weird thing because we have, let's say 10 major FM radio stations. There's 92, mm-hmm. 94, 97. We could list them all, but I think it, it roughly works out to about 10. Yeah. And let's say, I don't know, you'd know more about this. There's maybe five jobs per that are the ones that are, I don't know if this is the right word to use, but are kind of like the worth having ones. Like these are the yeah. name, the, 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 the positions you want, right? Yeah, right. So that's 50. Yeah. That's 50. It is very that, minimal. Like that's not a big number. Yeah. And like for like on air, it's so like on air is so competitive and like your number one show is always your morning show. Right. And then pro- followed by like your afternoon drive and then your midday. Um, so to lose a morning show too, I was like, fuck, this sucks. Like, yeah. this, like, you know, like where am I going to pick up and get a morning show in Winnipeg? They have so many talented people in the city already. Like yeah. they're not going anywhere and I don't blame them. I don't think that they deserve to lose their jobs at all. They're all talented. Right. Yeah. So at that, that was the, that was my mindset being like, okay, well now I'm going to have to move for sure because there's no way that this talented city is going to get rid of anyone right now because there's just, there's too much here. They have too much going for them already. True. And I mean, it's kind of tough too, because who do you dislodge, right? Like whose Mm -hmm. position do you go after? Like, and I mean, I don't know that they're, you know, that necessarily anybody's untouchable, but in the same breath, like there are some guys where it's just like, you know, Ace Burpee, you're not taking over Ace Burpee's job. Like not, nobody's coming in, (laughs) right? Like, and and that's not, not not a knock on you. I could have any radio guest right now and be like, yeah, good luck. Like you're not, you know, good luck. And did you want to really take a step back per se and be like, you know, let's say it was 94. You don't want to be Tom and Vicky with Sarah. Right. Like, yeah. And like, and I, and I mean, like I was really like, after everything happened, I was really down to kind of like, like network and just see what was out there. But I also knew at the same time, because COVID happened, advertisers were now not paying to advertise and that's how announcers make their wage. Right. Yeah. So that, that's one thing I did want to talk about we can get into later as mm. well is kind of, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about media. And I think yes. people like, especially in a smaller city like Winnipeg, Winnipeg's, I like to call it a city that got to like 1996 and kind of stopped growing up. It reached a comfort zone and just kind of stopped there. That is what everybody says. Like my dad <laughs> says it, I say it. I love that. That is such a good analogy. You know, we got to 96. We're like, fuck, this is good. This is where we should hang out. And they just, and yeah. it's like, you know, it's kind of like the people that don't live their life, but kind of get through their life in a way. Winnipeg Absolutely. gets through, it exists. And, and, I, and that's what I love about it though. It's just yes. like, 
this big city with this small town feel. Like, yes. I remember even like, so I moved here from Alberta. I was born in Winnipeg okay. and then moved here from Alberta when I was doing my radio career. And I remember like the first week I was here, a uh, girl looks at me who was working at the bar and she's like, yeah, your dad was in my dad's wedding party. I'm like, oh, okay. Like that's <laughs> as soon as I figured that out, I was like, okay, everyone's going to know each other. Yeah, no. And that's the craziest thing. Like, I mean, I look at it, those networks, once you kind of get into a network, it's like, you can always bump into somebody you went to school with or high school. Mm -hmm. And you're, and unless you hated the person or they were kind of, you know, they were right. kind of a jerk to you or something, you usually have that kind of cordial, Hey, nice to see you, whatever. And then you kind of go off on your way. Right. Yeah. But it, Winnipeg has that more so than a lot of places, like in, in a place like Toronto, there are people that you will meet that you will never see again. The Ever. chances of you crossing paths are next to none. Yeah, which is very strange because like, um, even in Edmonton, like, you know, um, like big cities like that, because we are a major city, we're a capital, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. it's just, it's very different here. Yes. And I, and that's what I really, really liked about Winnipeg too, was like, okay, I'm in this major market and I get to do my thing and reach a lot of people. But I also get to like personally know these people or know their mm -hmm. circle of friends or maybe their parents or whatever the case is. So that's why I was like, I don't want to leave Winnipeg like when this happened, because mm -hmm. I just made so many connections this way. No, it's 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 very true. It's, it's kind of a nice thing too, right? It's a nice comfort. And like, I know uh, with my girlfriend, we have a six-year-old and uh, it's funny enough, her little crush in school, we went to school with that kid's parents. So <laughs> yes. it's kind of, it's, it's in a way it's really adorable, right? Like, yeah, that's amazing. Oh, here she is and she has her little crush on them. And that's like her best, you know, one of her best yeah. friends at school. And when they kind of all got sent home, she was always trying to, she would always FaceTime with him. And it was so cute. That's but, amazing. I love but it, that. But it's also neat too. in that it's like, we weren't just meeting these stranger parents. We knew them. Yeah. Right. Like we knew them from teenagers. Like we went to high school with them. We were We knew each other when we had zits and yeah. all kinds of <laughs> shit. Right. So, and, and it's funny too, because I always, I make the joke too, because his dad was like the popular kid in high school. Like he was, you know, stud athlete, volleyball yeah. player. And it was just like, Oh, come on. Like, of course our kid has to have the crush on his kid, but um, yeah, there you go. You know, well, she got a good taste in men. Maybe then there you go. <laughs> Back then. Like I, I always tried to play, it cool but i'm like man yeah i got nothing on him now i like to think it's a little more competitive but uh yeah, he's good, you know it's it, but it's but that's you don't have that in places like toronto even no, if you live your entire not. life in toronto there's so much variance and so much movement that happens that in a sense you will always be meeting new people yeah. right? you don't know these people you don't know where they mm -hmm. come from what their background is any of and half of them are visitors too they're not even living in toronto mm -hmm. or they're living in the mm -hmm. suburbs it's it's like it's a whole different ball game. Toronto obviously is something really cool for someone in media yeah. to go and experience, but at the same time, you're never going to get that like Winnipeg feel. It's very, very different. Yeah, no, that's true. So one of the things, so I was talking about this with my girlfriend last night and I was kind of, so a big thing too, that some people know, some people don't know, and maybe you could explain a little more about this is the idea that like, so with radio stations, there's usually sister networks. It's usually like within a family of networks, right? So like, for instance, energy 106 would have some 102 will have. So how does that, like, 
does that also impact things like in your industry as well? Because it's like, for instance, when you said like you were let go from 106, it's like they have other networks too, where it's like, well, okay. So whilst there's 50 positions, technically now for me, there's 42 kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So how every company is different. Okay. So I don't want to get into details with the Evanoff circle because that's very, it's a very, no, and I don't want to put company. you in that position either. I don't want to put you in that. I just more yeah. so kind of the, the, the generalized so, idea that like how that works, that there are multiple per groups or whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. So for like a big company, like Rogers, for example, who yes, okay. I'm working for now. So in the building at Rogers, there's kiss and there's also okay. city. So, um, yeah, there's always usually a brother sister station in each, um, company, depending on like the location and stuff like that. But typically there's on average two stations. There has been like in bigger cases in bigger markets, like Toronto, sometimes three stations. Um, but yeah, these big corporate companies own on average two stations and they're usually like polar opposite. So it's usually like a top 40 station, a rock station. Um, and for Evanoff for energy, it was very different, but when they launched, it was energy 106 and jewel, which was like a, like a grandma, grandpa station. So they were two very opposite ones as well. So typically each building has about two stations. Um, if you do get let go or whatever, depending on how you get let go, um, you might not be able to go back into that company. I do know um, some announcers that have went through a lot of hot water who have basically burnt their bridges across the board with one company. So if you burn your bridge in like a Bell or in a Rogers, like you're screwed. Yikes. You're screwed because that's across Canada. And yep. those are like your big corporations. Right. But if you get like, let go because of restructuring, I'm sure um, they would try and help you out in some sort of way. Right. I've never been in that position yet, like yeah. in that way. Yeah. Um, but I, I know a lot of announcers that have worked for Rogers more than once. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's kind of what I was wondering too, because I mean, yeah. like for instance, on a restructuring, it happens, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't know when you're going to get, and you see it even in TV too. Like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that. on TSN, they have, uh, Jay and Dan are the big, uh, guys. Yeah. Like they've kind like they grew out of nothing. Yeah, like they were the clowns of TSN. Then all of a sudden, they put them together, and then now they're they're up there in North America wide as some of the biggest names. And it's kind of funny there, like somebody Hang had on. To you're get- freezing a little bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So like for there on, no worries. No, thank you for pointing that out. Um, like Jay and Dan. So yeah. So somebody on TSN had to get displaced in the morning show, like the morning sports center crew. Like they know that as part of the gig, but you try to find maybe an afternoon slot. You give them the nighttime slot before Jay and Dan, whatever it is. So you kind of have to expect sometimes this happens because sometimes there's just a stellar talent. Yeah. Like and you that, can't and bury just, them because they're just going to go somewhere else. Right. And that's just the thing. Like and there's so many talented people like in radio itself that like if your ratings aren't up to like standards or whatever the case is, like I get it. I understand how this business works. It's just unfortunate in some circumstances because some people get screwed over sometimes. Um, some people like lose their job and never get back in the industry. And those yeah. are the ones that I'm like, why this person was so talented. Maybe that just wasn't the right fit or maybe that wasn't the right time for them to do that position or whatever the case is. Yeah, no, I hear you. And I mean, I got to imagine there's a certain amount of stress that comes with that too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so don't even like, man, I was 21 when I started doing the morning show. Okay. And I left like two provinces, that's, uh, that's everything crazy. I packed up and like moved. And 
I never dealt with anxiety until I moved to Winnipeg. And that's not a shot at the city, the people. It's just when you're that young and you put that much pressure on yourself. I didn't even know what mental health was. Like I, like I knew what it was, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I've never experienced it. Right. So I will never forget like the day that I moved here, I sat outside my car, like puking because I was like, this is a lot for someone to do like this is unheard of across Canada. I don't know anyone who's this young doing a major market more intro. Like I'm still wearing diapers in this industry. Like I, I don't even have like the training wheels off. So it was a whole different level of stress. Um, but then, but then you get comfortable, like the first year, year and a half for sure. It was very, very tough because like mentally, because I didn't know what people liked, what I was doing really. Um, then it got a little bit easier as I made more connections, but after the whole incident happened and I like, now I'm just like, I'm stress-free. It's a whole, it's very weird. And I don't, I think it's because no one put pressure on me, but myself. So I'm myself to blame, but, um, now I'm like kind of doing my own thing, my new shift, my new schedule. And it's just, it's a lot less pressure because I'm not being constantly judged or feeling like I'm constantly judged. Um, and, and it's with a company that really is supporting me and giving me resources and giving me really, really useful tips. So it's, it's been a really big flip, especially in the last month, like mentally. No, I, I, I can imagine like it's no different and I don't want to draw the same comparison at all, but I mean, it's kind of like I, um, I don't know how much you know about my poker playing or whatnot, but um, I'm, I'm in a way I keep myself on the outside of the professional. Like I, I don't want to ever get branded in that sense because um, whilst I, I do, you know, I, I do play the, you know, in the bigger events and whatnot, I don't want to be lumped in with that crowd. And, and it's because I have just different views on things. Right. And one of the biggest things is this is I always, you know, recreational or amateur players or kind of lower stakes professional players they go and they ask a name brand player like oh what's some great advice like how do i get to your level the problem with anything that's ultra competitive as i'm sure you know you have to be very careful where you're getting advice from and on the other side you have to understand the position that the person giving you the advice is coming from someone who views you as a threat isn't going to necessarily be like hey let's you know try to pump this person up yeah yeah. Um, and I mean, that's why I do the podcast, right? And that's why, you know, I've been doing the podcast now for a couple of years. We're almost at 200 episodes now. I, even I'm blown away by that. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I, I feel like in something like poker, one of my, my biggest beefs with other pros is, the mis- is some of the misleading information. Is they'll say like, right. don't play bigger stakes events because of this. And, and I mean, there's, there's arguments that make sense. But at the same time, my counter argument is this. Every person who's ever made it in any industry that's competitive has put their foot down and said, you know what? I'm just going for it. I'm yeah. ready to be at this level. Mm-hmm. If you keep deciding that I'm at the lower levels or I'm at the lower stakes, that's where you get to play and hang out. Yeah. You have to make the decision that I have what it takes to play at the higher stakes. And I think especially when it comes like to kind of relate to what you're saying there about media, it's a big step. Like that yeah. field is small that environment is crazy and all of a sudden you kind of look around as we said like let's say it's 50 people 50 ain't that much like yeah 
And like, and just like on your point about putting your foot down and kind of, you know, being that person and playing with the big bullies or the big leagues, whatever you want to say, like when you're young and whatever, and like being a female and like, I'm a feminist, people know this. Um, it was really tough because I was at one point I was like, can I do this? And then I did it. And I was like, fuck yeah, I, I can do this. I can lead a morning show. I can yeah. be young. I can inspire people around me. I can influence people around me and I can be well-rounded and educated and also learn from my peers. So I think that's what a lot of people ended up picking up on. And so just like I was, you know, preaching on air, people would come back at me. Listeners would come back at me and tell me some, some things either to fix or yeah. some peers in the industry would be like, you know what, this is something that you could do even better because I surrounded myself with good people. Yeah. You know, I didn't surround myself because there are some, there are some jerks in media. There are some jerks in real life. That's, that's reality. Yeah. But if you surround yourself with good supportive people, then you will come out bigger and better than ever. And that's kind of what happened. And I, and I'm very, very grateful for all those supporters that I've had throughout the four years here. And even before that, when I was in Alberta. Yeah, no, that's, that, that, that's a big part too, is I think that that circle you surround yourself with is super important. You have to, and I mean, when you listen to anybody who's worth listening to, one of the mm -hmm. biggest things they say is your support circle has to be people who are just as vested in your success as you are. If somebody in your circle doesn't yes. want you to succeed, they need to get the hell out. And, yeah, and that's just a toxic person. And if you're yeah. going to be that person, like what the hell is wrong with you? Like you're going to have no friends and it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think too, and you touched on something there that was, that uh, is kind of interesting too. And, I, and I'm really happy you said it because it's something I've seen a lot of and it, it's kind of, it was on, it was a big thing on social media and then it kind of disappeared because I mean, it's COVID. Everything now is becoming an issue. There's an election now, yeah. in the you know, all these things. But one of the things you said there is like, is how proud you are as a feminist and for some of the things you stand for. But then you also said too earlier, you were saying like, you know, you wish you'd looked, you know, you'd done your makeup, maybe, you know, made yourself present in your video. I think that's such an important thing for people to understand um, and to take note of. You can fight for a cause, you can be whatever and still have other things that define you. You can be a yeah. feminist and still say, yeah, I want to look pretty. I want yeah. to do my makeup. I want to look presentable. It's okay to have that. I think that's so important that, that, that you've said that. Yeah, absolutely. And like, especially for that, because I was like, okay, this is a very serious thing. Yeah. And like, and I knew that there was probably going to be waterworks. And also though, when I did that video, man, like I had like lack of sleep. I had no interest in doing my makeup at the time because I was just so focused on, okay, what's the next move? I don't give a shit about lipstick right now. Mm -hmm. I give a shit about radio and my career. Yeah. Um, so then looking back at it, I always make the joke. Yeah. I wish I would have done that because then it went viral. But, and that's the thing about like feminism, you know, we're girls supporting girls. We're babes who support babes and males can also be a feminist. I think that yeah. we tend to forget that sometimes. Like my boyfriend is totally a feminist. Like yeah. he supports everything I do. He thinks yeah. that I'm like the most successful person. And I love that about him. Like we need more of that. We need more equality, like equality and treating people, like just treating each other great like as equals that's just all i want <laughs> yeah well i know and it's funny too because i mean even in poker one of the big thing is the women poker players or women in poker becomes its own branch and one of the things i've long said is why does it need to be that why can't you just be a poker player you don't have to be a woman poker player 
you can just be a poker player. Right. And I always have said this too about like, you know, members of the LGBTQ plus community. It's like, well, why do you have to single out that this person is gay? This person is a person who is my friend. It's not my gay friend, whoever. It is my friend who we hang out and we eat food and get hung over on Sundays together. Like that you don't have to have labels like that. And I, that's what bothers me too, is people are like, okay, well, feminists, you know, they're there, they're burning their bras and whatever. No, that's not what feminist is. It's equality. We just want equal rights and we don't want to be like, oh, well, that's a girl announcer doing a morning show or that's a girl announcer on the radio. No, that is an announcer who worked their asses off to get where they're at. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's that's a big thing too. And I mean, um, at the World Series of Poker, every year at the main event, they always have the last woman in the field and they always make a big deal about it. And I get it. You're trying to, they, they, there's the idea that you're bringing light to women in poker and whatnot. Right. It's also not 1980. Yeah, like get with the times. And it's that's also the thing. not 1980. Can't you just say so and so finished in 20th place? So and so finished in 89th place? Like, can't it just be that, right? And oh, I, it's it's terrible. But it, that's just that's what happens, man. It's just and that's the thing, right? Like, it's yeah. it's terrible. Exactly. And I mean, when you look at the radio, especially in media now, I would say it is very spread. Like I would rather than be like, oh, so-and-so is a woman in, in radio. She's just one of the radio hosts. I'm sure if we were to split, you know, to actually break yeah. down all the names, it's a pretty good split, at least on the big shows, as far as I know. Yeah. Or it's getting and, better. And it's definitely changed, especially like yeah, it's getting better. And it's definitely changed in like the last five years. But this was like things that we had. To, like, I remember when I was in radio school, like a girl name was never first on the bill. Like that was like, yeah. I've never heard of like a show being Sarah and Tyler. Like it would always be yeah. so and so and then a female. Right. Right. So yeah. when that started happening, that was when like when I really picked up on it was when I was in Winnipeg. And like yeah. we were one of the first shows to have a female first on the bill. And I was so proud of that because yeah. I thought that was such a huge movement that we started and then we saw other shows actually pick up on this. And that was so great. Like that was such a good moment. Well, that was huge in all honesty. Like that's one of the biggest things. And that's why I'm so happy you decided to come on the show is just like to be that person. Like nobody can ever take that away from you. Yeah. Yeah. Forever get to be the Sarah in Sarah and Tyler. Like that's awesome. Right. Yeah. And I like, yeah. And I don't like regret any decisions that I made or anything like that. Like, I mean, obviously it didn't, every good thing kind of sometimes ends negative. Yeah. And I don't really like to focus on how it ended, but more so what we built and how we did it. And like the fun times that we had, cause holy shit, like we had so many fun bits and we did so many fun things with the community. And like, that's the stuff that I like to look at rather than being like, okay, well, this was wrong. This was wrong. Any situation you're in, there's going to be something wrong or something that you don't like, but right. it's how you approach those situations. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you 100%. I mean, and, and I think that's the biggest thing too, is like, you can always choose to live the sheltered life, the easy road, the protected road and whatnot. As you climb and as you get higher up, that fall is always going to be bigger. The stakes are always higher. That mm-hmm. disappointment is always felt more. It's, it hurts. It hurts losing at the top. It hurts hurt losing at the bottom too. But fuck yeah. does it hurt losing at the top. Oh yeah. You know, but at the same time, it's, it's so much nicer to look back and be like, hey, all of you out there, I got there. 
I yeah. got to the top of the mountain. Like I got there. And right. that's and I'm grateful. Yeah. And I'm grateful that it all kind of happened when I was younger, because if I like had, if I bought a house or if I had a family and that happened, now I kind of know how to deal with it in the future. If that, if that was to happen again or whatever the case is, it's good almost that it happened when I was young. Cause it was a huge learning curve. Like, Oh my goodness. I'm like a totally different person than I was two months ago. Right. So 100%. you, you learn a lot from an experience like that. And I think a lot of people tend to be like, Oh, like I never want to get fired. And I, I don't want you to get fired, but I'm saying <laughs> once that happens, yeah. you're really, really going to be on your feet and it's really going to shape the person that you become. 100%, 100%. Well, let's stop talking about this. This shit's getting a little yeah. interesting now. Let's fucking, let's stop this. Let's stop this crap. All right. What else is going on with you these days? Oh my goodness. What is it? Okay. So I've teamed up with tons of different people in the city. Obviously, if you follow me on social media, you see all of this stuff and whatever else. So I've teamed up with like Dodge dealerships. We got to like roll around in a Jeep for the day, which what? was super fun. Yeah. I got a new tattoo on my middle finger. I like tattoo. it. I yeah, like that it. That was fun. That was a good uh, collaboration. Yeah. I've just been collaborating and meeting a bunch of different people in the city. Pride Run reached out to me. So I got to do like one of their virtual videos to encourage the runners. Oh, uh, so did the cool. breast ca- yeah, I did the breast cancer run on Sunday, actually. I, so. Yeah, I saw that. You, and you exceeded both. Did you exceed both your running goal and your funds raised goal? Or was it? Just- oh, yeah, baby. So my fundraising goal, because I'm like, hey, I don't like really want to ask people for money. But at the same time, like, it would be like, this is for a good cause. And yeah. I really want to like challenge myself because otherwise I'm going to donate it all anyways. So, um, my fundraising goal was like 150 bucks and I got over 500 bucks and then, yeah, the running goal was five kilometers and I kind of knew I would beat the running goal because I love running. Uh, and I did 11 kilometers. So it was super fun. Good yeah. job. Yeah. See, I'd be yeah. if I set something like five kilometers, I'd be at like kilometer like two and a half and be like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh See, my that's God. like on average, man. But like I run like almost 5K a day. So like Not I'm me. like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Not me. I go on the elliptical. You know what? I, I I'm a I'm a fan of the elliptical machine. I have it. Yep. I uh I have it set up in the living room right now. So I, I put it on and I try to do I try to do three forties a day. That's what I do. 40 minutes, okay. three times a day. I do some work on the Bowflex mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's, that's for me, but running is a different, is a different animal. Wholeheartedly. At least you're doing something yes. that like exercise for me. Like I'm not one to really like, I'm, I don't judge anyone that goes to therapy or anything like that, that if that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. I need to exercise every day or I will go insane (laughs) and I have so much energy. So like, I need to use it doing something. Well, I think it, I think you said that right too. Like even just before here. So that's why I felt bad. Like when you had sent me your message, I was like, I was just getting out of the shower and I was like, Oh no. Cause I just worked out. I always try to work out before I record the podcast. Cause I'm going to be sitting for forever. Yeah. But it's so important too. I think you just, it's so good to you for just, to feel better mentally, yeah. physically, everything. And I found too, like now that I'm into my thirties is just like being more active now. It's just like, you don't get those kind of weird old person injuries. Like your back doesn't yeah. get as stiff. I found that's a big thing for me. Just, you know, it's, it, it, it is good. I can't say enough good things, but just do some kind of exercise. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm not right. going to sit and preach that it has to be cycle or that it has to be running or whatever it is, but do something, do something. Yeah. And like, if you don't, that's up to you. But I'm yes. just saying that works for us. <laughs> yeah. 
No, absolutely. So how, so some of these causes you've gotten involved with, like, do you try to reach out or I guess you've been lucky right now that they're reaching out to you and I don't want to put you in a, in a tough spot here. Do you see yourself or have you been in a situation where you've kind of had to say like, you know what, I, I don't know that this is for me. Um, let's see here. Not, not that I can think of off the top of my head because typically people know what I stand for. Yeah. So if it, if it's something that I don't stand for, they yeah. usually don't approach me. <laughs> but I've done like some really edgy ones that I was kind of like, okay, hey, am I going to, is this going to open a can of worms? Like I did the Peter Nygaard um, protest. Oh. Okay. Not, not for, no, protest, protest, protest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, where we were holding up signs and like yeah. whatever else, right? Because the guy is, let's face it, disgusting. So yes. that was one that I posted about um, and it was right after the whole incident energy happened. And I was worried that people are like, well, is she only going to this to like, you know, get attention and blah, blah, blah. Like you always overanalyze these situations. But this was something that I had planned long in advance because um, I don't agree with his values. And that was one that I just went to on my own. No one approached me. Right. I I strongly support going to protests if they mean something to me. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the strike going on at Stella's right now, for example. And yeah, I think that they can go on strike. I think they have every right to be on strike. So every time I pass them on Sherbrooke, I'm beeping my horn. I'm like, fuck mm -hmm. yeah, like keep it up. Right. Cause that like, these are people's lives. Right. Yeah. So I've never had a really like sketchy one where I was like, Ooh, I don't want to like touch that. Cause usually it's good charities that reach out to me. Like right. I've teamed up with nine circles, the HIV uh, AIDS run, which was really fun. Yeah. Um, pretty much anything and everything. If someone wants anything to do with charity, I'll help them out because that's just the kind of person I am. Yeah. No, and I mean, and, and I think that's very appreciated. And I think that's one of the things that makes you stand out in the community is just that you are generous with your time, right? I think people forget that as well, that that is a big give as well to sit there and say like, Hey, okay, yes, you can have four hours on a Sunday. You can have five hours on a Thursday. You can have two hours on a two, whatever it is. Like that's a big ask and that's a big give. Yeah. And like a lot of like, I, like my friends, even a lot of people ask me, well, how much do you get paid? You do all these things. Um, charities don't pay for things like that. Just yeah. a FYI. Like, um, those are things that I just like to do. And I've, and I've explained this to people being like, I don't give a shit about the money. Money does not mean anything to me because I just like helping out people. And if I have a platform that I can do that and send a positive message while educating people as well, that's all I want to do. Yeah. Like, I just want to be that person where, okay, you look on Instagram, you check out the stories. It's like, okay, here's Sarah doing something goofy. But then he, the next story over is like, hey, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Here's how you can participate. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of media personalities, influencers need to start using their platform that way because you have a lot of younger people that are following you. And if you're being an asshole on your Instagram, on your Twitter, on what, or if you're a radio announcer then these people are going to start being assholes, right? Because yes. they actually look up to you. 100%. So why would you want to spread that? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. It, it is true, right? And like, I mean, one of the biggest things that I kind of have developed a reputation for better or worse is that I'll fight for the cause. Like I'll be the first one in there firing the words and getting in there uh, mm -hmm. about anything. And I mean, right or wrong, at the end of the day, my big thing there is just that you have to stand up at some you know, and I, I like to think I'm blessed enough and a good enough speaker that sitting on the sidelines is worse than yeah. 
being willing to get into the fight. And uh, one of the, I think one of the worst cut, well, not worst. It, it was one of my more controversial personal ones. Um, and I mean, I can share it because it was all over. It was on my Instagram was uh, I'd actually called out my biological father on Instagram. Oh, okay. And, um, and it was one, of, and that was kind of one of the first times I took a stand and I decided that, you know what, I am going to put someone on blast. And, um, and it wasn't just because of, you know, our issues, it was mm -hmm. a global sense. And the bigger thing was, is as I was starting to get more and more kind of known within certain communities, especially in the poker community, I more importantly, didn't want him to ever feel like it was okay to tag along with that. Right. Absolutely. You know? And I didn't, and I, and I felt it, you always hear the stories of, you know, the, the, the dad who shows up out of nowhere to come and celebrate the celebrity kid. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to nip that in the bud. I wanted to yeah. make that very clear that, you know what, I've given my chances to the, to the guy. And uh, there, when it wasn't reciprocated, that a line has to get drawn somewhere. And, and see, and that's the thing is that you can have an opinion and, and out, like, that's what social media is about. You can have your opinions and stuff. It's just how you present them. Mm -hmm. And if they're well thought of, like, if you're going on and just blasting someone without mm -hmm. actually like having facts to back it up, or you're, you're making yourself look bad, then yeah. that's, that's not an okay thing exactly. to do. Exactly. No. And mm -hmm. I think, and that, and I think there's a lot of times people try to get attached to a cause because all of a sudden it kind of sounds sexy, right? Or yeah. an issue. Or That's it's trending. Exactly. They want to That's jump on and they feel, they don't want to be left out, right? They feel like it's almost damaging. Like, oh my God, I need to say something versus if I don't say something. So it's just one of those things where I, I, I kind of watch. I'm like, sometimes, you know what? Sometimes you need to step forward. Sometimes the sideline isn't the worst place to sit. Yeah. There's been a lot of times too, where there's, where, oh, I've wanted to be like, just blast someone. But you don't do that because no. like, it, you know, it, it's not going to help anybody. It's mm -hmm. not going to educate anybody. It's negative. Keep it to yourself. Sometimes you need to do that. Other yeah. times, I mean, if you're very passionate about something and you have been your entire life, then yeah, you probably have the right to speak out on it because you've been studying it or have known about it your entire life, right? Yes, like exactly. I can't go out and like sell my dad out for all of a sudden now being supportive of my career when he was supportive of my career the entire time. Like I've had exactly. no issues, right? Exactly. So, depends how you approach the different, these different situations, I guess. Yeah, no, that's the big one. Like that's, I think that's the big thing too, is I mean, the other thing I, I kind of find with some people, especially in today's day and age where there's so much kind of sitting around, uh, we all have so much time at the computer, is just that idea of people kind of weirdly picking up causes or all of a sudden developing an expertise in something. And you're just like, I, I think you've missed all the key points there, but please enlighten me more. Yeah. Right? Especially when See, you have the knowledge on it. And you're like, that isn't right. Yeah. And I've definitely like seen people online, especially, you know, all of a sudden are supporters of this group or of this organization or this charity, which is great. But then, then do so. You can't just write a Twitter status being like, oh, I support this cause. Then go and show that you support it. Go and do something about it. Go to a protest, donate, go take a tour um, if it's good with COVID. But like, you know, you have to also showcase that you are 
doing something to have a better understanding, not just jumping on board on the bandwagon and just expressing mm-hmm. your opinion. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, like for instance, one of the big causes for me is- Ah, there we go. Got okay, me back? Sorry. Okay. Okay, I got you now. Yeah, sorry. So one of, <laughs> one of my big causes is mental health. I think that's, that's, a, that's okay. a cause that doesn't, that for a long time didn't get the, the attention it needed. That was, um, that, that, that was my biggest cause. And uh, I actually, one of the things I'm very proud of is I'd actually gone on a mission a few years ago where I'd said any tournament winnings I have, um, I'm going to donate to a local place. And I actually did do that. I showed up one random day um, with an envelope of money and said, this is what I've won over the last five months. Um, what I would like to do is pre-buy people's time. So whatever amazing. Rate- I said, whatever rate we can negotiate, I would like to buy as many of those hours as possible. And um, I would like it to go to the people who need it and can't afford to be here. Um, very mm-hmm. simple. I don't want it up for auction. I don't want it like, oh, you know, I, I said, that's not what I want. And I said, because there are people who need the help um, and are, that, you know, can't get it. It's a big ask, whether it be 45 bucks an hour, whether it be 60 bucks an hour, whether it be $200 an hour. That's a lot of money right. to part ways with. And, um, you don't, you know, and, and, and we, I think we take for granted sometimes that's easy to say, Hey, let's go, you know, you need to go to therapy. You need to go to this. Well, to a take time out of your day, but then to B to, you know, make that payment. That's a, that's a big ask. And, uh, yeah, therapy is not cheap. I don't care what anybody says. Therapy is extremely expensive. Yeah. So it's, it's not cheap. And I, um, and, 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 and a bit of my personal background is I, I used to have a therapist and I, and I, and I'm, and I don't shy away from that. I don't, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was going through some tough times and we all do. And as I like to put the analogy I like to give is even Superman needed the rest of the justice league. Yes. Uh, that's a great way to put it. You know, at the end of the day with all of the powers that he had, he still needed the rest of the justice league. And, uh, so to, for someone to say, oh, well, you need a therapist. I think that's, I think that's weaker than going to therapy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so back to the story is I, I went and I said, okay, what do you guys charge? And, you know, I I want to put anybody uh, out there. uh, I wanted it to remain anonymous. So I went to the place and we negotiated a rate and uh, I said, yep. So here it is. We counted out the money and they said, there it is. That's all. And I said, that pre-buys the time. And I said, I don't want anybody to know where it came from. These people don't need to, you know, thank me. You guys don't even need to thank me, but mm-hmm. this is what I would like to do. And, um, and I mean, it was just, and, and for me to do it kind of behind the scenes, I had posted on my Facebook and things like that, that I said, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I never said how much it was, um, but it was, it was a good amount of money. And I was like, you know, it, it just felt good to do. It just, it, yeah. It, and, and that's just it. Like, that's like, that's like, and that's amazing for you. I commend you for doing that because mental health is a huge part of my life um, and my friend's life and my family's life. So yes, that's amazing. But we need more of that, right? And like for mm-hmm. you to go and do that and not want to really take credit or take like center stage for it and just do it out of the kindness of your heart. See, don't, like we need more of that, mm-hmm. I think. Well, and I mean, for me, and like I have certain things that I do like with my poker and I mean, now with COVID, it's been a little different. And uh, over the last couple of years, I've kind of uh, curtailed yeah. my schedule. But when I was going full time, like I used to play seven days a week. I, I actually used to make the joke. I used to play 21 days a week because I'd find I'd play three, four games. A day. Ah. Like, I used to just, it was bad. And, um, but, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. It, it's work. Yeah. 
it, 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 you know, for some people, they're hobbyists at whatever activity, like the people that go play shinny on the frozen ponds in the winter, they're hobbyist hockey players. Mm-hmm. Patrick Line, Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, they're professional hockey players. Yeah, that's their jobs. See, and that's the thing, like I, I um, and I've... <laughs> had issues with this in the past but i am a huge workaholic so pretty much everything that i do online on mic wherever yeah it's, or networking whatever the case is it's all like for my career because i'm like so so passionate about it so i get where you're coming from with that like there's been times where i've been up at four o'clock in the morning and i'm not shutting down my computer my brain mentally that way until like midnight yeah. right because i just like it's weird with that kind of stuff, when you're passionate about something, it's your job and you really like it, it's go, go, go all the time. Yeah. So what I would do is I would actually, if somebody wanted to like, you know, in poker, we have this expression called buying action, mm-hmm. which is basically people buy a percentage of your buy into a different to a tournament. And you can even do it with cash games, but it's, that becomes a little dicier and a little more complicated, but keep it simple. I always only do it for tournaments. But what I would do is if somebody ever wanted to kind of buy action i wasn't selling i'd say look you can sponsor the event if you have a business or something give me cards give me material i'll hand it out to everybody there's four, there's there you gonna go, be yeah. you know there's gonna be 200 people 300 people i'll hand out your business card to everybody like you're getting exposure i'll talk about you the entire time whatever it is and then i always say but in exchange because this is now a sponsorship deal not an action buying yeah. deal. whatever i win i'm donating there so you go. if i get first place and it's, you know, 20K, it's all going away. That's the exchange. That's amazing. So, so it would always work out. So I, I, was, I was pretty lucky that there was a couple of times there, yeah, where I was able to make it worth everybody's time, where I'd say like, look, yeah. if, if they buy in, and for an example, let's say 500 bucks, I'd say, okay, for 1500, like, this is what we'll do. And they'd say, okay, sure, that's a fair deal. And uh, it would, it would always crazy. work out. Well, I mean, but think about it too, right? Especially if I had confidence in the event, I'm also leaving things on the table. Yeah, right? absolutely. Because if I view myself as being like, hey, look, there's a chance I could get to whatever position and that pays more than yeah. this. Like I'm leaving something on the table. So, I mean, I was always, I'm always happy to do it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not begrudging yeah, yeah, yeah. or trying to say like, oh, you know, I hate giving away money or anything like that. But let's make it worth everybody's time and effort here. Right. And, and I mean, and I, I truly believe we were able to accomplish some really good things doing that. So, yeah, you know, it's, well, good it's, for you, you know, so whilst I, whilst I'll in one breath, put somebody on blast, I'll also do good, good work too. But yeah, no, there you go. Right. It all equals out. So before you start to think, <laughs> oh my God, this guy's a jerk and an animal. He puts his, uh, put his father on blast. No, there's a long story there um but uh, yeah it's uh no it's and that's why i shared it is you know you've shared a lot today um mm-hmm. about being vulnerable and that was for me that was a tough step it's not easy to put anybody on blast it, no. it, it isn't and especially when you're airing kind of a personal side but at the same time it was it was putting a stand it was taking a stand and saying hey you know what there are some things here that aren't okay right and- exactly Mm-hmm. not going to be associated with that kind of behavior and you know and as and it was kind of a grown-up st- stage too right because now i got myself into a relationship she has a kid i'm like wait a second here's this three-year you know i have to set an example now for this kid right you know and i want her to be strong i want her to stand up for herself guess what if she ain't seen me stand up for herself 
she ain't getting it, uh, you know, where is she going to get it from, right? Exactly. And that's kind of where I'm going with like all the, like the followers that I have and like everything that I present on air. Yeah. You know what? I can be a little edgy and I can be an asshole at times, but also like you have to like balance it out. And like, there's a lot of things that I like to do because I just like to do them. Like even before radio, like I get asked this a lot, like about the charities and stuff like that, man, like I was doing this shit since I was like six. Like this mm-hmm. is something that I've grown up with donating to food banks, you know, like I was in girl guides, believe it or not, who would have thought, um, but like, you know, selling the girl guy cookies. So I've always yep. supported that. Like there, that was just kind of like bred into me when I was like little. So it's something that it's, I don't know. It's like, it's not hard work or like a passion. It's something that's just part of my personality now. No, I think that's, no, I think that's, that's a big thing that people have to realize too, is that you're either that person or you're not. Right. And you can't fake it because people will see right through it. And I've seen, you know, I've seen people who have maybe a terrible past and now cleaning up the pee. And, and it's great if you're trying to work on yourself and stuff. I, I get that, but don't, don't be someone that you're not because people know who you are. And Mm -hmm. if you start doing all these things, it it looks fake and you might get even treated with more disrespect. Well, I think it's too, it's like when people, and I don't know how many times you've seen this, but I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen plenty when people kind of talk out of turn about somebody who's famous, that to me is just like the biggest piss off. I'm like, yeah, you don't even know them. Yeah. You know, you don't know them. And it's like, oh, I saw so-and-so walking into a bathroom and man, they were such a jerk. Well, why were they such a jerk? Well, I said hi and they were, they were on their way to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> tell me, tell me what was worth holding in so that they could turn and say hi to you. You tell me what made. Yeah. What made, like, you know, and I think it was funny because Kevin Hart did a, I think he was on Joe Rogan's uh, show and he was talking about this and how he was on the way to the bathroom and he's like man i'd had some dicey dinner i need to get into the bathroom and this guy's like hey kev 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 can i get a picture and he's like you know man i'm just i i need to use the bathroom absolutely as soon as i get out i'll come he said the guy followed me into the bathroom and waited outside the stall while i was doing my business to, oh, yikes. to grab Gross. the picture uh. but here's the sad thing is though and he said this if i didn't give him the picture and, and smiled and all of this. He's like, do you know what he has to say about me then? He's like, the guy doesn't know me. Right. But he's invaded my space. He's come in here into the bathroom to get the picture. I was going to meet him outside the, the washroom there to give him. And there he is following uh, me. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, and I go down to Vegas. See, a lot. Go ahead. You go ahead. You there's, go ahead. See, there's a lot of celebrities that have to, that have to like go through this all the time and I feel for them. And like, I know like some media personalities who have been like through things like this and it's just like, people are like savage sometimes, like personal space, like we're still human beings, right? Mm-hmm. Or I think to the idolization, right? Is there, there's also this grand expectation that people have that, oh, hey, they're going to be nice. They're going to smile. They're going to want to take pictures. They're going to want to ask me about my day, right? And then they see a jet walk into a restaurant. They go and take the back table and they keep to themselves and they don't Mm -hmm. go around making a scene or whatever, you know? And if somebody takes a picture, they kind of quietly try to do it and whatever. That's their business as well. Yeah. You know, I think that that in a way there's, it's, it's, it's almost unfortunate 
that how so many things get taken for granted and how people are so willing to put a spin, especially on people that they don't know. You know, they don't mm-hmm. know. You don't yeah. know, for instance, that that guy, that jet player, that bomber who's sitting in the back table, they might've gotten horrible news that has maybe nothing even to yeah. do with what they play. And they're just like, you know what? Today isn't the yeah. day, but they can't have that. Right? Like that's, that's, I know. Think- and that's like, and, and it's very similar for like radio as well in that sense, because like there's days where, you know, uh, like I went through a breakup, my dog passed away and I had to go on air and like you're doing a morning show. So you have to be like very like upbeat and like ready to go. Right. So it's yeah. very similar to those situations because you don't know what someone's going through. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it so many times. Like I go down to play uh, in Vegas a lot and I've seen, and I've, and I've been blessed. I've, I've gotten to meet some really interesting people, some really great people and uh, some really, some bigger name people too. Like I was like, holy smokes, that's so-and-so. And, um, but then when I hear people talk about it out of con, like talk about these people and I'm like, have you ever met them? No. Then you have nothing to say. Like mm-hmm. I had somebody who I know um, in the poker community here and, I, I don't want to say anything about, uh, necessarily about the person, but one of the things they did is they have a blog. They took the time to write about um, one of the guys who's one of the most successful and accomplished players of all time. And they wrote a whole blog piece about this person. Oh, And why? about the person they really are and how they only act a certain way for TV and they act a certain way for the camera. So rather than, you know, kind of rain on their parade. I waited until I saw them in person. I was like, I didn't know, you know, this person. And then she was like, well, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't, but I just, I said, well, then you had no right writing what you wrote. Yeah. That's terrible. And I'm like, because I know that person, actually, I play events with that person. I sit beside that person. I Uh talk shit to that person. He talks shit to me. Like I know this person. So if I want to offer an opinion on them, I kind of have the, the right to do so. And I don't do it. I'm yeah. not going to paint that person in a bad light. So that's why mm-hmm. that person's going to remain nameless. And so is the person writing the blog piece. But who do you think you are to, even if you're trying to make them, you're making them, you're speaking out of turn about someone you don't know. Yeah. That's and that not happens, okay. That happens all the time too like and it happens in every industry people are gossipy people are chit chatty and that kind of goes back to who are you going to like surround yourself with are you going to surround yourself with these toxic people that are judgmental and just making up all these things on the spot or going off one small word and thinking this person's an asshole all of a sudden well it's Mm -hmm. like you can't do that like you it just it yeah, it just, it blows my mind. Well, especially doing it within a community, right? It would be, I don't know what yeah. the best way to liken it within media would be, but it would be, for instance, any media person or, you know, someone starting out. So let's say someone who's going through a program and learning and trying to break into the industry, right? They're in the lower levels. And then they were to come and talk shit about you, having never met you and been like, oh, but here's Sarah, you know, whining about losing her job or whatever. It's like, you don't know me. Sorry, yeah, did sorry. I lose you there? Yeah, no, you're good now. Okay. Yeah. So what I was saying, sorry, what I was saying was that imagine a case where, for instance, you have someone who's starting out in the industry. So whether they're, you know, a student or an intern or whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden came and was like, Hey, you know, I watched Sarah talk and try to explain what happened at, you know, energy, but you know, how dare she whine about it? People lose their jobs. And here I am trying to get their jobs and whatnot. 
it's just like, I've never met you and you're speaking within our community and you think that that's okay. Like that's what was happening is here's someone talking within the poker community about somebody else in poker. It's like, that's not okay. Yeah. That is not okay. That's when you fire back. See if I ever like, like I'm sure there's been people that have said negative shit about me. And I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying that that's happened to you. I'm just, as someone with my personality, if they did do that and I found out about it or I found the threat or whatever the case is, I would call those bitches out. I'd be like, yeah. listen, dude, I'd probably send them a video waving. And, you know, because it depends on how you handle it. Like, yeah. I've been criticized my entire life. I have built the toughest skin ever. You can say anything to me and I'd pretty yeah. much be like a shield. Like, just, all right, whatever. And then come up with something even more witty back not to hurt their feelings but no. something that like you know like i don't give a shit <laughs> like, well here's a fun here's actually so it's funny we were talking about how small a community winnipeg is here's an interesting one vicky shea from 94.3 her and i actually went to high school together and we were actually in the same law class um so it would kind of be like all of a sudden now that she's you know made her own you know she has her own morning show me to be like oh you know vicky's a this or that it'd be like dude you went to high school, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. Like you don't even, right? Like, but it's just, it's amazing how there's always those people. There's always, right. there's always a something to say. Yep. Yep. You know? And that's just, and that's just it. And that's when you like, again, if you're going to be put in that position, you just kind of have to like laugh it off yeah. or, you know, ignore it. And like, I know a lot of people like, you know, my co-host, my ex-co-host, for example, he got, he got a lot of hate and that was like really that was terrible and like and these are from people that don't even like would listen or like wouldn't even listen to our show didn't really know him and i'm like he's not the one that's why i said i was like he's not the one who fired me like i just i hope you all know like he didn't fire me it wasn't him who made the decision and was like i'm gonna screw sarah like that's not how it worked and that's what really hurt me is like these people uh, who the hell knows who they are are now like you know bullying Tyler online. I'm like, man, like you can't do that because you don't know even what happened. Like I haven't even wrote anything. Tyler hasn't said anything. Like we're really jumping the gun here. No. And I think that's exactly. And I think that's one of the, almost one of the things and that COVID and, you know, today's technology, it's, it's very, it is something that people have to be aware of is that, if you are taking those steps, as we've talked about, and you say, you know what, I'm going to push forward. I want to make it in whatever industry. There's always going to be somebody who's got some kind of shit to say. And yeah. you're right. You have to be prepared to be like, yeah, you know what? I don't even have time for this. Yeah. I don't I know. Have, and it, but it's tough. It's tough. Like I can tell you though, I mean, I read some of the comments that people write on other people's videos and, and this and that. And it's like, you felt the most productive thing to do right now was to say this nasty shit. You thought the best thing you could do right now for everybody was to say some, this nasty shit. You keep that to yourself. And I love, see, and I love social media, but that's always the backfire with it. It's like for every good comment, you could get eight really negative ones, right? But it depends on the person you are. Like I have a personality type that like, again, if you say something to me that's shitty, it's like, all right, well, that sucks. And I don't really know why you did that. But also at the end of the day, I know that I do have someone for the one person that doesn't like me. I have someone out there that is a big fan or whatever the case is. So you just have to be like very, 
I guess, optimistic and like open-minded and also positive when you're on social media. Mm-hmm. You have to think about things that way instead of focusing on the one negative comment. Because if you do that, that's going to A, ruin your whole day and you're going to want to delete all your social media when that could be a really useful tool, especially mm-hmm. depending on your career and your platform. Mm-hmm. And not only that too, I think I've always viewed people that have to be negative, whether it's, and it starts early, man. I, yeah. you know, you see kids today and I mean, in any time I remember growing up and kids have been asked see, I used to do, uh, my mom put me in dance class when I was young and, uh, and I thought it was kind of cool. Like, you know, you go, you dance, you do. And I did all of them. I did ballet, jazz, musical theater, modern, all of that. Right. Tap. And I never thought anything of it until I got to the first grade and one of my classmates was in my ballet class. And I still didn't think anything of it. I thought it was the coolest thing. Like, oh. I think that's great. You know, I'm like, oh my God, so-and-so's in my class. This is great. Mm -hmm. And then they were, she was really nice to me. And, you know, and I was like, oh, cool. This is so cool to have a school friend in ballet class, right? Until the next day. Yeah, because she went and blabbed her mouth. (laughs) And that's terrible because anybody can do ballet. Yep. From grades one to seven, I was ballet boy. And, uh, and it, it was just, it was the worst. But then I thought to myself, now I look back and I'm like, and I, and I, and I kind of got over it when I got in my teenage, I was like, wait a second, you being a dick to me, that's for you. Mm-hmm. You need that. Yeah. Because I don't mm-hmm. like, I don't need that. You need that. Right. And I think that's, that's the important thing. I think for people to keep in mind is that as you want to succeed and move forward in life, it is to keep in mind that, yeah, that there's negativity out there, but that's for them. Yeah. That's not for you. Right. And like there, and I feel bad for man, kids going to school. Like I, I feel mm-hmm. super, like I was never bullied. And I know that makes me sound egotistic and like an asshole, but like I didn't bully anyone and no one bullied me. I also yeah. grew up in a very like small community and that might've been why, but mm-hmm. like, I feel for these kids and I hear some of these stories and I'm like, what the hell? Like you're going to grow up. These bullies are going to grow up one day and just feel like complete pieces of shit. Like that's just what's going to happen. Like how can you not feel bad for doing that to somebody? Like, you know, um, it's, it's just, it's horrible. Like, and I don't even like thinking about it because I don't even know what I would do as a parent yeah. as a kid being bullied. Like it's just, you hear these stories and it's like, those are the stories that you need to hear almost to kind of put yourself in that position. If you, if you're neither one. Right. Yeah. And it's tough. And I mean, I, I, I truly want to believe kids aren't born hating each other. Yeah. And so you, you know that that comes from somewhere. Right. Whether and it's at home or at yeah. school from peers or whatever the case is. And that's or TV even like, that's the sad reality of it. And that's mm. kind of the world we, we live in, so there's not really going to be a stop, but there's definitely going to be, I think, progress. Well, I mean, it's funny too, because I mean, you said it, even in TV, some of the things we watch that we think are relatively innocent aren't as innocent as we might have thought. Like, for instance, the movie Grease. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you know the background of it, but it started as the musical and then when it became mm-hmm. the movie. It's one of the raunchiest musicals and one of the raunchiest themed musicals like ever made. Right. And when you listen to the lyrics to some of those songs, you're just like, oh my God, you can't say that. Mm-hmm. But, but how everybody's seen Greece. Everybody's yes. wanting to perform Greece. Every middle school is like, oh, let's do Greece as the school musical. And it's just like, um, don't know, you know, yeah. but it, 
you know, and it's, it's kind of those things, right? We think sometimes like, oh, it's as innocent as this. And you see in the cartoon, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're picking on the kid for being a little bit different. Like, that's not right. okay. Well, you even look back like five, ten years ago even. Okay, so think back to like Friends. Friends is one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. But half those episodes would not be aired on TV anymore because things have changed so much, right? Like, mm-hmm. so, like and they're not bullying each other necessarily, but like the terminology they're using it's now considered outdated and ignorant. It is, and, and I mean, that's, uh, there's a great meme I found. It was a Charlie Brown one and it was about racism and it said racism. Sometimes it's subtle. It had all the white kids on one side of the table and the one little black kid on the other. Oh, and yikes. I was, and I'm like, the crazy thing was that was published. Like, that yeah, was out and, there. The, and but like, those were things that like you wouldn't have picked up on when you were younger, right? Never. And I, now, you this is such a shitty reference, also, but like Shrek in the movie Shrek, one of my favorite movies. Um, Shrek makes a comment about um, Lord Farquaad's like penis in it, yes, and uh, like I'm little watching and I'm way over my head, yeah, and then you kind of realize when you're older, like I don't know, 15 years later, you're like oh, Jesus, that was what that comment was, right? So there's yeah. just these little things that you never notice when you're young that are almost like drilled into your head when you're young to turn out to be like, okay, that's- Well, all. you think about the Grease reference in Summer Nights, the, one of the lyrics, the exact lyrics is, did she put up a fight? And that's, right? Like that's did so she bad. put up a fight? And here's the crazy Terrible. thing. Most kids who have seen Grease have seen it before they're in middle school. Like I would have been probably in single digits when I first saw Grease. I didn't think anything of it, but it's these things that subtly get implanted, right? Yeah. And I think that's where these conversations need to happen. As, as I was talking about with my girlfriend, we, you know, I, I mean, conversations are the conversations you have, but it, it is so important as a parent today, especially in our society, mm-hmm. you need to be at the forefront of conversations with your kids because yeah. those conversations are happening. Yeah. Whether they're happening yeah. with you or they're happening with Sally in the schoolyard, they're happening. They are. And it's and where do you want them getting that information? See, I know some parents get annoyed when their kids ask a lot of questions and whatever else. Answer those questions. Seriously, yes. answer those questions. Yes. Because they're going to be asking them. They're asking them. Because they're going to ask someone else. <laughs> and if that little girl doesn't know the answer and gives the wrong information, or maybe the answer you didn't really want to explain, mm-hmm. then mm, you're now screwed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to ask too. It's, so it's, it's funny, as you've said, like growing up and, you know, you, you, you consider yourself and you really do um, push that feminist, uh, you know, flag forward yeah growing up did you find that that was something because i mean 10 years ago 15 years ago it would have been a very different environment for that than it is now yeah how was that for you growing up like was that like something where you felt like i can't like today it's it's much easier to be to push that front and forward than it would have been back then right i Mm -hmm. mean this was still back in the you know did she put up a fight days versus like today's day and age like greece can never get made today like let's be honest that yeah, no. could never be in a musical. No, they had to change a Christmas carol because of the whole, you know, pushing and whatever else. So yeah, no, I understand that. But it, that's a really good question because so growing up for me, I actually grew up in kind of like a man's world. So I played hockey with the boys, I played oh, wow, soccer okay. with the boys. I did all the sports, track and field with the boys. 
And it was always, okay, the boys get to pick their teams first, and then the girls are kind of always on the side. I remember I had a hockey coach, and I think this is what really, like, set me off. And I was young. I was, like, man, I was, like, 10 years old. And this hockey coach, he's a piece of shit, by the way. He made the girls, the three girls on the team, so I was included in that, wear ties to the games. Like, wear, like, men's collared shirt and ties to the games. And I remember telling my dad this. And he's like, no, he didn't say that. And I said – I said, I, I promise you he did. He's like, well, you're not doing that. So I went to hockey practice one time and he like squirted me with water for not wearing this shirt and this tie. It was terrible. Which is, and by the so, way, a form of assault. Like that is which, an assault. Right. So uh, he got into a lot like, of trouble with the hockey league anyways. But like, yeah, and it was insane. And I remember being like, I'm not playing in the boys league anymore. Like I'm no. done with this. So I actually ended up playing in the girls league later on. And, uh, and my dad, obviously he like, they did the fights and whatever else, right. That was all dealt with. Thank goodness for him. I love him. But, um, no. And that was a big like realization. Like, it's like, okay, this is not a man's world and you cannot treat somebody like that. And if I like the way that my dad handled it and stuff, like learning mm-hmm. almost from him, how he had two girls and like, would do everything to fight for these two girls kind of made me be like, okay, men can be feminist men can stand up for women then why aren't these guys standing up for women like why is there such a different why isn't it equal why aren't we being treated with respect so Mm -hmm. i think like at a young age even though i didn't realize at the time um that would now affect how i am older yes 100 percent i mean yeah and that and i mean it's so funny because i can say this too some of the biggest pieces of shit I have met were hockey, were sports coaches growing up. Right, and my dad ended up <laughs> coaching me in hockey later on, and he was a brilliant coach. He's a great man. So, I mean, like that that guy that was coaching me, like, oh my goodness, I want to go back to. I'm not even going to say his name, but I'm going to go back there. I'm going to spray some water in his face, and I'm going to say, listen. I'm selling you out on po- podcasts and on radio now. So good luck, yeah. dude. Yeah, you <laughs> fucked up. You fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. You are the one that fucked up. Not me for not wearing the damn tie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was a very, it's a very, and I always, like, I forget about that story, but sometimes I like relive that. I was like, man, that guy was such a piece of shit. Like, holy. No, it's, um, I had, uh, I I think that the biggest piece of shit, uh, coaching incident, I had a few, I had a few coaches that were just terrible. Well, and, and it's funny because, I don't know if it's changed. I don't know. Cause I mean, I'm not a kid anymore. And, and I, and I hope it has, because let me tell you some of the shit that I had to deal with, there's no way in hell my kids are ever going to have to deal with that. Um, but I remember one year and it was um, for a very competitive level of hockey and I was a goalie. Yeah. So because of my last name, you would never guess my ethnic background. So they see it. And then the coach actually says, he's like, Oh, Oh, goalie and French Canadian. Excellent. So I go and he then decides, so we, we go through the try the ice session. Um, and then towards, I looked at about halfway through the ice session, my mom and my grandmother show up and my grandmother right. always very proudly wore her East Indian garb, always yep. wore a sari everywhere she went. Yep. Could be the dead of winter. She was always very proud of her background, always wore a sari wherever she went. She always says, I'm a pundit's daughter. I'm a pundit's granddaughter. I am the sister of three pundits. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very proud of who I am and where I've come from. 
Anyway, there was a bit of an incident on the ice where player, you know, as the goalie, everybody try, you know, they, you know, they splash with the snow, they do their things yeah. and they would always take a run at me and they didn't really, it was kind of, you know, your kids and you want your buddy to make the team. You don't want the outsider to make the team. So anyway, one guy kept always falling into me. And then, so finally one time I had enough. So I just held him down and I started pounding on him, whatever. <laughs> yes. Good for you. And uh, so we get off the coaches, separate, whatever. We get to the end of the ice time and there are my mom and my grandmother right, uh, right there, right as at the doorway. And they're like, way to go, way to go. Like, don't take that nonsense from anybody. The coach comes up to me because he's come off from a different door, comes up to me in front of my mother and my grandmother, all the other kids, all the other parents and says, you're not French Canadian. You're a fucking packy with an attitude. Oh my God. That is so gross. That's a true story. Oh, that like makes me want to cry. That is so Isn't, disgusting. And I, I, all I can think of now when I look back on that, I'm like, that's so gross. I'm so sorry that happened. Here's a grown person who felt the best thing he could tell a child, right? Even if you're 12, 13, 14 years old, you're a child. You're a child. Yeah. Heck, there's there there's some 28 year olds that are child that are children. Yeah. But uh, um, that was what you felt was the most appropriate thing to say. See, and that's just, that's just pure ignorance, right? That's just some old man not knowing what to say yeah. when someone puts their foot down and then just yeah. does the petty whatever, right? That is horrible. I am so sorry. That is so gross. I'm like, woof. That's so my grandmother yeah. had it perfectly. And she said, you're right about one thing. He does have an attitude, but we're not Packies. We're from India. And, uh, and she said, and we're also done here. Yeah, good for her. Good. And, That's and amazing. she complained, she, you know, we got the money back for the trots or whatever. But the money wasn't the important part. No. Like, but it was just that not. we're done here. But it was just that you're a, and it wasn't even just you're a packy. It was the fact that it was the you're a fucking packy. Yeah. And I was like, and you oh could my. like hear the hate and it's like, that's, that's and I was just terrible. like on every level. That's not, that's not okay. Like that well, is then, like the, there's also people and kids around. So like those kids are now hearing this as well. Yes. Right. Like right. it's not affecting just one person. It's affecting you, your family. And then the people that are around and the kids on the ice. And yeah. the coach and his family now. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that's, the, that's the part that people forget about. Like, okay, when you say something um, that is ignorant, it doesn't affect that one person. It no. affects everybody around as well. Mm-hmm. And then those people talk to other people, and that's just kind of how hate spreads. And that's why, like, don't be a, don't be a dick. I can't believe that happened. That's so, like, that's yeah. so shitty. But it's... It's funny because it goes back to what we said about like having to ma- use as many descriptive ways in such a negative context. Like, as you had right. said, like, so-and-so doesn't need to be my gay friend. They're just my friend. Yeah, They're yeah, my friend who happens to be gay. Mm-hmm. You know, so-and-so is a, is a radio person who happens to be a girl or who happens to be gay or who happens yeah. to be black, whatever it might be. It's, why do we need to put these in there? And I think that is what is finally as a society, we're waking up to these ideas yeah. that we, we don't need to now start putting asterisks because that's what it is. When you're mm-hmm. using things, when you're saying like, oh, this is my whatever friend, right? Like, oh, right. this is my feminist friend, Sarah. Why right. can't- You're like, why do you have to even say that? Like, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Right, why can't this be Sarah who's into beer? 
Yeah, which I absolutely am. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about happier things. Let's talk about our love of craft beer. Okay, so, um, hmm, okay. Okay, so I have something really cool coming okay. in November. Okay. It involves beer. Okay. But I can't say anything else. <laughs> Not right. yet. Can I ask this then? I'll ask for one favor. Sure. When whatever this magical thing that's happening is happening, can I have you on the podcast to discuss it? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Because okay. it's going to be super, super fun. You're all going to love it. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. <laughs> all right. All right. Beers. So you're a big craft beer drinker or just beer in general or what is it? So um, when I was living in Alberta, I didn't like any of their craft beer. I'm sorry, Alberta friends. I love you guys. Um, so I would drink like your standard Alberta stuff. So like PBR, all that stuff. Then I moved here and I was like, oh my goodness, my taste buds are everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I became a huge, huge craft beer drinker. I love craft beer. That's all I buy from the store now. You know what? The craft beer scene in Winnipeg, I'm super impressed with. Oh, Dude, you don't even know. Like, I love Little Brown Jug. One Great City's awesome. Sook Rums is cool. Like, and all their like microbreweries are so, so unique. They're all yes, different. They have. I like cool, that too. Yeah, they have really cool designs, and like, yeah, it's it's very. And all the staff are wicked at every single like Nonsuch. Their staff there are so cool. Nonsuch is the one in the exchange, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They're in the exchange they have there. The fancy bottles. They have the fancy big champagne bottles, which I like. And they're like, they have like, if you go and sit and like, well, they have like a bunch of different rooms, but one of their rooms is like an umbrella room. They're all like golden, almost like umbrella shaped lighting. It's very bizarre. Yeah. It's very cool. That's the one thing I have to say with COVID. Like it's, uh, I feel like I've been uh, unfortunately unable to go to many of them, but I used to mm -hmm. love that. I used to love making an evening of that. And, uh, I, like, I can't get enough craft beer. I think, and I've talked about this so many times on the podcast. I, if anybody out there is a beer drinker, it's worth the extra money. Get better beer. Yeah. Just drink yeah, and, better beer. And it supports local. I think people sometimes forget about that. Like, yeah, you're paying like a couple cents more really when you look at it realistically, mm -hmm. but like you're getting better quality, bigger cans, and you're supporting local. Well, you're getting better ingredients too. I find like, I don't know if everybody can relate to this, but I find I'm drinking a local craft beer. I feel better. Like the yeah. next day, like my stomach, just physically. The head, everything. 100%. Right. 100%. And if you like, and if you like IPAs and stuff like that, you don't really get that with. Um, mass produced like, beers. Yeah. Mass produced beers, like Bud Light and stuff. You pretty much get the exact same taste, the exact same flavor. It's pretty bland, watery. If you like something that's hoppy, you can really like narrow it down. Yeah. And that's what I love about craft beers too. And like the people that are selling these craft beers, like if you go into one of the microbreweries, they'll tell you what goes in them. They'll tell you if you'll like it. Like if you give them three things that you like, they will pick out a beer that you love. Yeah. And I think that is so cool. I like, I was very impressed. I, I have not a bias, but I do have a personal um, fondness for TransCanada because I found that they were probably the first ones to really embrace how to adapt for covid like yeah they, they really step forward and i mean because it is a competitive market we do have so many great bre um, breweries here in winnipeg now 
that they really set forward. And I thought it was really great what they did in terms of just going after it and, and you know, establishing the free delivery um, mm-hmm. if you were within a certain area. Um, their contact list, if you went and picked up, all of it was really well done. Yeah. And I know during the first little panic in the spring there, where nobody really knew what was going on. I'll be the first to admit, yeah, I was probably on the panicky side. But mm-hmm. again, I have my grandfather that lives with me. He's in his 80s. Right. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, this is the first time I'm going to mention it on the podcast. And I have not mentioned it on Instagram. I do have a very pregnant girlfriend. So <gasps> I, um, so yes, so very pregnant Jess um, that I had to worry about as well. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I, I'm not taking those chances. Uh, right. Secondly, I also have a bit of a feeling about colds and flus. I think when somebody says, for instance, man, I could, I could go for that cold or I could go for that flu, it's because they want time off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody no, actually and that's enjoys being sick. Right. And nobody enjoys being sick with something that's killed, what, 2 million people worldwide in nine months? Yeah. Nobody wants like, to be sick insane. with that. So mm-hmm. during that time of panic, like, yeah, I was doing the contactless pickup for my groceries. I was doing, and I appreciated the beer. I was like, you know what? I can get great beer and I don't have to worry about germs. Yeah. That's good for me. So I was uh, really good. I was, I was a big fan of theirs and a big supporter of that. So I, I found that that was very important. I think coming out of this though, they've really set themselves up nicely. Yeah. You know, because now they have this infrastructure in place that doesn't need to go anywhere. Like now, right? Like a lot of this year was like, like whether you were in the restaurant scene, the beer scene, uh, in a business setting, whatever the case is, you had to adapt a lot. And I think, like, like Winnipeg as a whole did their best, no matter what business type you were in. Everybody kind of did the testing in like April, and now like the second wave, if you want to say that, is here, and we're probably going to go into more of a lockdown situation again, not fully like it was, but at least we have those different options, and we've kind of like tested all the waters. Mm-hmm. Well, it's become, it sounds, it sounds harsh, but it's become an adapt or die situation. Yeah. It's and like if you're going to be one of those people who doesn't want to adapt, then you're going to be left behind, and you're going to have potentially a really shitty next couple of years. Yeah, ask Blossom. Ask Blockbuster Video how adapted, how not adapting went for them, right? There's one Savage. left. There's one Savage. left. Actually, I'm pretty sure that one just closed down as well. To, no, no, because aren't they doing the Airbnb or something there? They launched it, so they did it in September. And then I think they were closing it down. I have no idea. Wow. The one in Oregon or whatever, right? Do, do, you, do you know the story behind the failure to adapt by the video rental stores? Do you know what their logic was? This what is, was their this logic? I forget if it was Blockbuster. I think it was Blockbuster because they were probably the biggest at the time. Yeah, yeah. Their logic was this. People enjoy running in to people they know. People are not going to want to... People are not going to want to part ways with the running into people at the video store. That was their logic. That was the reason why social media happens so there there goes that yeah. and then the pandemic happens and now no one wants to run into anybody <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly they would have been screwed anyways uh, but, but imagine that the idea that you're gonna see tim at the video store people like yeah. running into their buddies i don't what happens if i'm picking up something i don't want people to know right, right? like what no and uh because blockbuster had the chance to buy netflix and crush it 
People right. Okay. Well, I know Movie Gallery ended up buying buying parts of Netflix or whatever happened there, and they had like a. I remember at Movie Gallery they had like a Netflix like machine, like right? a rental machine. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of weird. What the hell is Netflix? And then everything changed, and it's like, oh, what the hell is Movie Gallery? Well, I think that. So I think what happened with Netflix, if I'm not mistaken, the chronology of how they evolved and adapted was they had those vending machines. Yes. With the DVDs that expired, so it was like the disc became unreadable after like 48 hours. It actually like changed colors or something. Mm-hmm. And what they just, so they put them up in certain stores. You could get them in grocery stores. In the states, they were in like every Target and Walmart and whatnot. Yeah. And then they decided to take out the middleman. They're like, well, we don't need you. Let's trim the yeah. And then they got into the shipping the movies. And then they were like, well, wait a second. Rather than paying per movie, why don't we offer a subscription service? Which is so smart. So when was smart. the last time you paid per item for something? Windows you subscribe to? Um, your antivirus on your computer you subscribe to? Netflix yep. you subscribe to? You yep. don't pay per thing anymore. No. Right? Like we have that one video store or music store in Polo Park now. Like, I don't know how they're, that's nostalgia. That's someone who likes Sunrise to- Records, yeah. baby. Although but- we did buy a, we did buy a box set of Harry Potter um, not long ago during quarantine because nice. why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? That's, well, you know what? My mom bought uh, Sons of Anarchy, I think it was, or something like that. Right? So- like, it's just like sometimes you, you want to have the hard copy. 100%. Whether you can stream it or not, you just sometimes, like, and I'm a big vinyl collector too right so like yeah. for sunrise like for me i'm like okay sunrise is great because they have a lot of vinyl there so that's right. good for me but like that's all i'd be picking up there i wouldn't be buying a c the cd is something i did not expect to die as quickly as i did not expect mm-hmm. to be where i am in my life to have watched the birth and death of the cd I did See, not. I feel like the CD will make a comeback later on in life. Like I have so many CDs, especially like from all the radio stations I've worked at and stuff. Right. Cause that's how artists like deliver their music, whatever. And so all these CDs that I have, I'm going to keep because I feel like they're going to make a crazy comeback one day. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I got rid of all mine. I'm not going to lie. I just threw them Rookie out. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. You think I would have so, bought you out. Do you think so though? Like, do you think we're ever going to run into a situation where accessing music is going to become so difficult that I wouldn't. No, I don't think that it will become difficult. I think it's going to get better and easier to do, but I think it will be like this nostalgia aspect of it. Um, Just like, okay. So um, vinyl made a crazy comeback, right? Like no one was buying vinyl when we were buying CDs. And then all of a sudden vinyls like through the roof, it's like the biggest year yet. Yeah. And I feel like it's just because people like want that nostalgia. It's also very cool to have like collectibles like that. Mm-hmm. So like for me, like people are like collecting Funko Pops. I collect vinyl. Like that's just my thing, right? So and I think a lot of millennials and hipsters also think that vinyl's like the shit. So well, it's funny actually about the vinyl thing, and I think it kind of segues into very sad news that I was that I'm sure you saw me posting about on Instagram about Eddie Van Halen's death. Yeah. Um. I actually was very emotional about it yesterday and I was explaining to my girlfriend it it's one of the saddest things because when you talk about the Mount Rushmore's of things his is one of the places that Mm -hmm. is set like Eddie Van Halen's place on the route on the Mount Rushmore of guitarists is never in doubt yeah Um, whether you know he's your favorite guitarist or not there's a very strong argument to, to be made that he might very well have been the greatest of all time. Like there's a, yeah, there was a, 
there was an article I was reading saying that he's definitely in the top five, like sitting usually at number three on people's radar. And like, and the, the part that, uh, well, I guess every genre of music, right? Like you don't have to be a huge rocker, big rock fan to like kind of, well, A, know who that is or B, have an interest in it because I like to explain, especially to my younger audience who don't really understand like rock and roll and all that right. stuff. Okay, a lot of these musicians actually inspired a lot of the top 40 sound that you hear right right like lady gaga like like radio Gaga, like that's all because of queen right that's how she yeah. came up with her name so you have to think about things like that like even if you don't like rock or you don't like pop or you don't like country whatever they all kind of cross and intertwine somehow no and it, and i think the crazy thing too is that i mean beat it by michael jackson that i heard about this that played that very very well done uh guitar piece but it's uh it just goes to show like he had su such crossover effect but here's a fun fact that i don't that most people don't know eddie van halen holds the guinness world record for the most guitar related patents oh my god no i didn't know that that's I insane it's actually he holds so many guitar related patents that he holds more guitar-related patents than anybody else or everybody else who holds guitar-related patents put together. What? Yeah. That's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. Holy. And um, so much so, like, he, I mean, he had, he had, by the end, he had his own brand of guitars and manufactured right. his own guitars that he actually used to give away. So all of his old guitars that were made for him by other manufacturers, he gave them all mm. away to different schools and stuff so that people could learn how to play the guitar. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And, hmm. uh, so it's actually funny. The last time I would have seen, and I didn't see them live, but the last time I would have seen a performance of theirs with their cl as close to the original members as possible would have yep. been on the Ellen show a few years ago um, <laughs> with David Lee Roth back as their front man. There and you go. David sounded horrible, but yeah. um, a very interesting guy. If there was anybody out there, celebrity that I would pay to listen to, it'd be him. Speak, it's David Lee Roth. Interesting. David Lee Roth, if he, he hits so many subjects on the head, like nail right on the head. He is a very smart guy. Intelligent um, man. Yeah. But um, it was funny because I was explaining this to Jess. I was saying, hey, here's the cool thing. The band is called Van Halen. Kind of fits because at, at that performance, three of the four members performing had the last name Van Halen because uh, Eddie's son was in the band at that point. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Wolfgang. So interesting. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. So there's some a little, music trivia for everyone. Some, some music, music knowledge. Yeah, some music knowledge if I can impart it. But anyway, so as you were saying about vinyl, um, here's a little tidbit too. Uh, not to bore you too much. Um, one of the interesting things is, so CDs were a cheaper format. They're shittier yeah, formats. Yep. Um, Absolutely. The, quali <laughs> the quality is the worst. Out of any format they've ever put data onto, especially for music, it is the worst. Yeah, and it's so compressed. It is, um, which is why the MP3 was able to come out mm -hmm. and take over because now you could actually just have all of the data and all of the channels of data and just make it into smaller formats and put it and on. all the shit quality and there you go mm. limewire baby mm. <laughs> mp3 rocket mm. so and that's where the problem was with these is they were hacking shit quality from cds and yep. making it available and yep. that's why for instance now if you go on whether it be spotify or apple music 
the quality is much better than it was on any CD. And you also have to pay for it. (laughs) Fucking pay for it. Yeah. Um, But um, so much so Slash from Guns N' Roses, when he first left Guns N' Roses, his big thing, and I I think they still do it now when he uh, records with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, he Mm. refuses to record digitally. Interesting. He uses tape. He still so then, uses the original. He still uses tape. So and then you buys can't it. get the content stolen. So you can't get the content stolen. He has the master. Mm-hmm. They do the master version of everything, and then because what people don't realize, every song you listen to is a print, yeah, of a master recording, right? And it's on tape, and you have to wire it up, and that old bling noise. Yeah. That it, yeah, he's still one of the few artists that insists. If it's his recording for himself, not if he's doing a piece for somebody else or for, for somebody else or, or whatever the case right. is. Yeah. For his own projects, he records on tape. He still records huh. on the old, you know, whatever it is, millimeter tape and doesn't plug his guitars into any devices. So you're rec- so that in, when in his- So it's little- exactly what you hear is going on. Correct. So for yeah. instance, in my, like, let's say that my office here was his- you know, recording studio for his guitar, there would be microphones set up. Set up to, to pick, pick up the up. sound. And if you notice, if you listen to any of his newer stuff or any of their stuff, it does have more of a raw kind of live-ish sound to it than some other artists because right. other artists start to adopt the more digital way of doing things because it is cheaper. Yeah. Um, but that, that's another little t- tidbit because it does produce a higher quality sound. Huh. Ozzy Osbourne is another guy. Yeah, Ozzy Osbourne is another one who insists on doing that as well. Interesting. So when he had Randy Rhodes as his guitarist, so like Crazy Train and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Refused to. That's all recorded the same way with tape and the microphone there when Randy would do his little thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so there's a little bit of... So yeah, so you as a vinyl collector, you are getting better quality music than people who just rely on Apple Music and stuff like that. See? There we go. Now I'm even more proud of my collection. <laughs> so talk to me about your show. Tell me about your show. Okay. So my new show, it's yes. called Nick at Night. It yeah. is Monday to Friday. And I actually just got out of the Sunday show, but I'll okay. talk about the Monday to Friday stuff. So that's 9 p.m. to midnight. Okay. Um, it's a very different uh, shift than what I'm used to, but I really like it because it's a lot more laid back and... Um, you have a different audience for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different in the fact that obviously it's a solo show now, so I'm not talking to uh, anyone specifically, but I kind of now get to unleash and do whatever I want to do and whatever right. I want to talk about. And then all my opinions are valid and I don't really have to run it by anyone. So I like it. It's great. Um, the Sunday show is actually just started though. So Sunday, fun day, we do yeah. uh, six o'clock till nine o'clock. Oh, okay. So that, yeah. Evening, so kinda... it's a little bit early. Yeah. So how do you like it though? Like, how do you like having, cause it's a, it's a big change. It's a big yeah. change from, in a sense, as you said, the morning drive, where it's the highly competitive, that's everybody's number one show, to now almost having your slot. Like, I don't know that there's anybody in Winnipeg radio, maybe there's another market that has a slot like this yeah. made for them. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So when Rogers reached out to me, they didn't have this position in mind at all because nighttime radio, overnight radio, all that stuff, it's kind of no longer a thing because companies can now, you know, save a ton of money by not having these kind of shifts, which 
I don't agree with, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, they actually called me up and they said, you know what? We still want you to be in media. We want you to join our circle, whatever, whatever. Um, we're going to offer you an evening position. Um, it's obviously not what I'm used to or what, like, it's very, very different, but I'm grateful to still be in the industry. It's something that's very new to me. It's really made me become more creative with my mindset It's made me change my mindset and, uh, challenged me in a way that I think I was missing from doing the morning show for so long. Cause sometimes you get into routine. Right. Yeah. And now it's like, I'm almost like regrouped like i've rebirthed regrown and i have a lot of different ideas and we're we're doing it on the night show and it's cool because a lot of these overnight workers and all that are just used to hearing nothing like they're just used to hearing music and like maybe a jingle here or there whatever they don't get that personality so now it's sweet because i'm the only one who's doing a night show and so if you want to have that entertainment value well, come on over, listen at night. Like that's what we're doing and we're keeping it fun and interactive. Do you keep, do you find that you've personally had like a maturation as a radio host now kind of having this show that's so different than what you were used to? Like a, a not, I don't know, grown up, sorry, but you know what I mean? Like just a more kind of like senior approach to it. If that, like, if that makes us. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Okay, so like my demographic that I'm dealing with now is obviously not not as many kids, right. for sure, right? Like the, the music's a little bit different. It's catered to an older demographic in the first place. Sure. And then at night, there's usually older people out. Your mm -hmm. kids are usually going to bed at nine o'clock. So I do have more freedom for sure to kind of talk like how we're talking now maybe on much more mature subjects i don't curse on air or anything like that it's not like you're gonna come on to a night show and like drop the f-bomb here there and everywhere that's not how it works it's still commercial yeah. radio but yeah. the topics can be a little bit more dicey you can say uh, a little bit dicier things i find it's a lot more laid back and because you don't have the pressures of like you know the mom's getting the kids ready in the morning for school you know you're kind of like anxious a little bit because you don't want to piss off a karen or a Debbie or whatever the case is, right? You want to kind of keep yes! it like <laughs> you yeah. want to kind of keep it a little bit okay. Yes. Like we're going to soccer, we're doing the school, we're packing the lunches. This is more like okay, we're going to the bar. We just got out of dinner. Um, we're a little tipsy, you know. We're having a house party, whatever the case is. So I love it that way because it suits more of my personality for sure. Yeah. Although I do love the competitive aspect of being on a morning radio show because i am a competitive person no that's i think that's really cool and i, I and what like i wanted to bring up a couple of things so i saw the other day you'd said you were starting you, you wanted to start your own podcast i don't know how far along you are on that mm -hmm. i've wondered because it's a, like for me to do it in my kind of professional circles and whatever it's a little like people know i swear people know me for whatever they know me for music for card playing whatever it might be uh, but it's funny because in the la my last episode I did, I even talked about, I'm like, but people also forget there's a side of me that sometimes will substitute teach at the university. Yeah, you know, right. You know, people forget I am university educated. Um, you know, it's like, if you look, there's all these books all over the place. Like people forget that I am quite learned on, yep. uh, on, on subject matter. But regardless, it's an easier fit for me to have a podcast where I say, fuck shit, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for you, is that something you find could be or is a bit of a struggle? Is like, because you have 
these obligations to someone who cuts, who writes you a check. Yeah. Somebody writes you a check, whether it be weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever it is, you have someone that says, Hey, Sarah, this is what your time to us is worth. And that's what we're paying you. And to try and have a podcast, is there that challenge where it's like, well, I can't get too dicey on this. I can't get too crazy because of these obligations. Or do you feel like, you know what? I have this that I do commercially, but on my podcast time, I'm able to do whatever. Right. That's a very good question, actually, because um, it's funny. I think everybody kind of knows that there's always two sides to a person because yeah. obviously when you're in a work environment, in any environment, doesn't matter if it's radio or if you're working at the office, you're not going to be sitting there dropping F-bombs and whatever else. But a podcast is kind of on your own personal time. And I know radio, especially <laughs> like announcers, program directors, all that, they know what podcasts are. So it wouldn't be shocking to them if they're like, oh yeah, like I go off one day and yeah. I say shit or whatever the case is. Right. Is it outside my character on air? A little bit, but I still talk very similar as yeah. I would on air that I do to you or any one of my friends. I just kind of picture in my mind, in the back of my mind, okay, grandma's sitting there though, yeah. so don't drop any swears, right? So I, I think a podcast, like, and a lot of people ask me to drop a podcast too. Lots yeah. of people want to know like the unfiltered Sarah and, and I think that's great. That's very cool for me. And as a parent, if your child follows me and whatever else, Parents also know what podcasts are. And yeah. I think it would be almost their responsibility to either pre-listen to what is going to be expected or reach out to me and be like, you know what? Um, my child is a really big fan, whatever the case is. Like, what are you talking about? Is there anything that is not yeah. safe for work? Right. And like, and I think that's kind of up to the parent watching the kid and whatever else. As for my adult audience, I don't, I don't really care. Like if, if you have a problem with me swearing, then that's, I guess, your own your own issue, then don't listen. Um, but I think it will be a really good outlet to get more of my opinion into certain mm -hmm. things. Um, and also just to kind of give the listeners that were listening to us in the morning, a platform to still listen to me if they still want to follow up and they're not up at nine o'clock at night or whatever the case is. Well, I think that's the, that's the beauty of the podcast, right? And that's where, you know, as somebody asked me, somebody one time asked me, they said, saying, where do you see yourself? Like, as a podcast host, as a talker, I said, somewhere in the world, people must have thought there's Howard Stern, there's Joe Rogan, somewhere those people have a, their minds got together and had a brainchild. I fit right in that little Venn diagram of the yeah. two of them. That's where my comfort zone is. Right. I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not. I'm not Howard Stern. Not yeah. that. Somewhere in the middle there, that's where you find me. Am I for everybody? Right. No, I'm not. At the same time, I don't go around saying outrageous things. And I'm sure you've seen that today. I don't yeah. go around saying ridiculous things. I, 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 you know, I, I don't go out there and, you know, spew one thing out in public, spew one thing on my Instagram. And then on the podcast, it's like, oh my God, what the hell is he A saying? whole different person. See, Thanks. and that's the thing too. Like, I'm not going to jump on the pot. Like a lot of people who have followed my career and stuff, they know my opinions. It's not like, okay, well, I'm a feminist on, on mic on radio and I'm not going to be on my podcast. Yeah. That would make absolutely no sense. Right. right? So it's, it's things like that. Like it, it's still definitely going to be the same Sarah that, you know, it's just going to be a little bit more opinionated. 
unfiltered at times. I could have special guests on. Like you have the freedom of talking longer if you want. Like I'm used to talking 30 seconds between songs. I could talk for 30 minutes about something that was really bugging me or something that's really cool that I found in the city or a person that I met or whatever the case is, right? No, and I think I think that's really cool. And I and I really commend you for doing that. And I think one of the nice things is that I'm hoping people have gotten to see a with you know having you on my show and that we'll see through your own podcast and get to see through you know your radio show and all of this is that as we talked about this is you mm-hmm. right like yeah there's you know maybe in a personal setting yeah you might swear a little more or yeah you might have a little more of a view on this that you know you can't say on air right i didn't see it i haven't seen anything or heard anything that i didn't not to say expect, but that it's like, oh shit. Like I yeah, can't like, believe. Oh, you're this kind of Whoa, person? right? Like the, whoa, whoa, yeah. oh dude, you can't say yeah. that. Like, and I've had that. I've had people where I'm like, whoa, whoa, we like, are wow. in this subject. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, know, I, I know, right? So like, and that's the thing like that I always try to do with the morning show, with my night show, with uh, my whole career in radio was like, I got hired because of my personality. So why would I change my personality? Right. Or like, yeah, you have to adapt to a demo and I understand that, but you don't have to change parts about you. Like you just have to like change the wording of what you say, or like if you need to act more mature, you can still love Shrek, but how are you going (laughs) to promote that you love Shrek? It's just like, there's different things that you have to do. So, um, but at the end of the day, like you have to eject your personality into what you're doing because it's your craft. No, Sarah, I think that, I think you're absolutely right. And I think as you know, as for someone like yourself who is so genuine, right. And you try to, and you do, well, you come across, right. Like that's the biggest thing I think that makes you probably so relatable to your audience. And I don't know what your numbers are. I don't know if you get how the reports look for your listenership and all of this, but I'm sure you've had a lot of people that have followed you that have said, fuck it. I'm a Sarah fan. I'm not, you know, I'm not a Sarah and Tyler fan on energy one Oh six per se. I'm a Sarah Nick fan. Right. And you have that. Right. And I think that's a beautiful thing to have in media. And so for you to come across as, you know, to be such a genuine person, not come across. I I don't want to use that word. Fuck that. To be a genuine person, to just, this is who you are, I think is what allows you to have that kind of success and to have that following in that people will follow you around. People do want to hear about you. People do want to listen to what you have to say because they're like, this isn't an act. This isn't a character. This isn't a caricature. This isn't a personality. This is a genuine person who I can connect with. And at the same time, and there's nothing wrong with it, there might be people who are like, eh, isn't for me. And, yeah, and that's you get to have those, right? You don't have to be on, yeah. as you even yeah. said, right? Like when you had said, like you had gone through a breakup, your dog had passed away, and then you have to go on air. You got to go on, you were still going on air as you. Yeah, yeah. it's bubbly and whatever, but you had to be the bubbly you. You didn't get to cry and, and be upset on air, mm-hmm. but you were still a version of you, right? Whereas yeah. I know people, I know this and I, I don't want to say any names, but I know there are people out there, whether it be TV or radio or podcast, they're a very different person when you get to know them. And you're like, whoops, mm-hmm. whoops. I know. And see, and that's the thing because I'm like such a social butterfly and going out to the community events and stuff. So if I went out to these community events and I was portraying someone that I'm not on air, 
people are going to pick up on that pretty quickly that, Hey, okay, this person is not what, then then I don't want to listen to their show because this person's a liar. Right. So how I talk on air, how I communicate with different people is exactly how I talk. Like how I'm talking to you is how I would talk to my friend. And that's how I talk to the listeners on air too. Because at the end of the day, like people can smell bullshit. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, as I said, as I, I remember somebody in university, I was the worst classmate. Like I was the worst classmate in university because I was the person, I, I guess I was a bit of a know-it-all, like, uh, uh, but okay. I worked hard. Let, let, to be perfectly honest, the know-it-all, it's not like you are born with these facts. You don't wake up one day and you're like, oh, hey, I have the answers. No, you read, you study, you figure shit out. And I always felt like being the smarter kid was better than not being the smarter kid. And so by the time university came around, I just kind of polished this craft a little bit of just being the smart one in the class. And uh, so anyway, I had one person come up to me and they're like, man, you know, everybody always said, you know, they said that you're a bit of an asshole. And I said, is that what everybody says? And they said, yeah. And I said, then that's good. Then that means I'm doing my job. <laughs> and, and they were like, why? And I said, because if 100% of everybody who meets me says I'm an asshole, at least I'm genuine. Right. And there you go. And at least people are talking. I mean, you know, I never want to be viewed as disingenuous, right? Whether it's because the hardest thing is the person, I would never want to be the person that's like, oh, this person says you're nice. This person says this, this person says this, because then when you meet that person, you're always like, which version am I getting? Right. And like, and I didn't want people to like, to, to doubt that or think that you're someone that you're not or whatever the case is. Right. So that's why I think it's really important. Like, to be like honest with your listeners on what's going on in your life. And that's why I post so much on social media because a lot of those listeners followed that account and either a want to know what's going on or B to show them that, okay, this is like what I'm talking about on air is what is happening right now. 100%. Well, Sarah, I thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, It's been a pleasure. You've been incredible. Um, Thank you. I, I hope you've had fun. I, uh, I'm excited for whatever this um, beer-related venture you have <laughs> uh, going on is. And I will definitely, I hope you'll come back on the show. I hope. Uh, yes. I, I, I hope you'll come back. I hope I've lived up to my end of uh, the deal today. And I hope you've had <laughs> a great time and I had some fun. This was awesome. You are so great. This was super fun. Man, we've been chatting forever. It seems like it was only like a few minutes, but it was super fun. And yes, I will keep you posted on the beer announcement and I will come back whenever you want. All right. I'm going to end the recording now, but thank you so much uh, for coming on the show, Sarah. I appreciate it. And thank all of you for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude, Sunny D. Sarah, one last time, where can everybody find you? Ooh, on social media at Sarah Nick FM, or you can listen to me Monday to Friday, 9 p.m. to midnight on KISS 1023.